two dudes cleaning up gunk. This is the Max Level Podcast. Welcome home. It's been a while. For the uninitiated, Max Level is a weekly breakfast powwow brought to you by RPGera.com. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this morning, host of the Media Files, every single Friday or weekend. If it doesn't post on Friday, it's Kyle. <laughs> Good morning, Brian. It's, it's it's a morning, that's for sure, and it sure is, it's, man. It's it's been a few weeks since we got up this early to do it, and man, it was tough. It was yeah, tough. and th- you know what? It's good to be back in the chair, though. It is. I'm uh, I'm excited to get to things. We'll go over uh, we'll go over why we why we took a week off, and you know why we uh, had to shift some things around here in just a few moments. But before we do, special shout out to Acom's Laser for a majority of the music you'll hear today during the show. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere. He's everywhere. Go check him out. I don't know. I, I got to get a better script for that. <laughs> Just make things up on the fly. <laughs> anywhere. He's everywhere. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but go check out Akon's Laser. He's this like horror synthwave occult style uh, of synth that's that's really unique and really cool. And when I heard it, I was like, man, this is this is different. And then I reached out to him. And found out that we'd be able to strike up a deal to where we'd be able to use the music, you know, without copyrights. And I was like, well, damn, this is a much better deal. So, um, yeah, check them out. And remember, we're on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. You can find what we're doing. Check out our tiers. And if you listen a little later in the show, you'll actually be able to help us do something this week as well if you're a patron. So now's the time. Now is the time to head on over to patreon.com forward slash RPG era and start partaking in things that uh, that Kyle and I are going to utilize the patrons for, like uh, Thunderdome lists, for example. Heck so, yes. Coming up here in, in a couple weeks. So make sure you check that out. Kyle, we took last week off. We just could not get together, and then I ended up getting sick. So we've pushed everything back by a week. We were going to have our RPG Era Awards this episode. We were going to reveal the nominees and talk the Game Awards last week. We were going to do predictions next week for 2022 and then Thunderdome at the beginning of the year. But we've since shifted everything now one week. So Thunderdome will be on January 11th of, of next year. Um, and I and I think that's okay. Like I think it is. I, is there anything major coming out in the first eleven days of twenty twenty two? No, there never does. Okay, things don't start releasing until the end of January. Right, we're fine. Maybe the maybe the middle, but in the first ten days, no way. Hold your horses, because we'll listeners. do it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do it like on the whatever that weekend is. So that'll be the eighth. So the, just the first five days, no way. Nothing's gonna come out in those first five days. So we should be fine. As we jump to a little what's new with you, we do have several things to talk about here, and I want to start off just briefly. I know I don't know how much time you've put into it, but we've neglected, and it's been a month, we've still not mentioned Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Yeah, and it's so now I, been out for a month. This is the game that I sit down and play in short bursts when I'm hanging out with my family or not hanging out with my family, but I've got just a little bit of time to game for a little bit. I pick this up and this is what I play. And so I, I have put quite a few hours into Pokemon. What did I get? I got Shining Pearl. Put did you quite get Shining few, Pearl? Yeah, I got Shining Pearl because Frank got That's Brilliant right, Diamond. That's because Frank got Brilliant Diamond. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I went yeah, the opposite. Because I was going to get Shining Pearl as well. And honestly, I, I couldn't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which one I get. So I did get the physical copy because I made the mistake of not getting the physical for uh, Sword and Shield, which you always buy the physical copies of Pokemon. It's always a mistake when you don't. And I still have my original copy of Pokemon Pearl in a box somewhere. So now I've got the remake copy, which feels good. This has been, I mean, this has been a really fun game. And if you've ever played the original Pokemon Pearl, Pokemon Diamond, this is a really true to form remake of that game with some really nice quality of life updates. Um, A lot of people really don't like the Pokemon XP share and XP share is on in this game. I don't know if there's an option to turn it off. I haven't checked. I'm a person XP that shares in your your party members level up even if they're not in the in the battle. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I don't I don't hate that at all. I don't hate it at all either. I think that it removes a lot of the tedium from the game of grinding. And pe- some yeah, people there, there really are some enjoy JRPGs it. that also do that too. Like I know Pokemon is is a JRPG, but um 
I guess not like not in the traditional sense that people think, but it right. is. This is <laughs> the type of Pokemon game that I think you would be most interested in, though, Brian, because this is I think that Diamond and Pearl are the closest to a traditional JRPG in my mind. This game has a central quest where you are on the road to becoming a Pokemon master and you are trying to stop this evil organization from doing something evil, you know, whatever it is. That's always in a Pokemon game. But this game has a lot of side quests, too, and some of them are optional, some of them aren't. Some of them you really do have to do to unlock new areas of the map, but they're also really fun. You end up having to go to these areas that don't have anything to do with the main story and kind of exploring, you know, the the little parts of this of this Pokémon region that have nothing to do with just you becoming a Pokémon master. And that's that's been one of my biggest complaints with the most recent Pokémon games is how streamlined they are. You start from point A, at the end of the game, you're going to point B, and there is no variation from that in the middle of the game. I think that Sword and Shield had some all right areas that kind of explored a different direction. They weren't well polished, but this game the wild is, area. Yeah, yeah, those big wild areas. This game is, though, this game is, is super well polished, and I've had a really, really good time with it so far um like i said i'm not super far into it i've put multiple hours into it and my team is leveling up and evolving at their own pace and this game still has the problems that i had with the original pokemon pearl as well namely that there are very very few fire pokemon in this region and fire pokemon are always nice to have on your team and i have not found a single one yet so if you want fire Pokemon, this is not the game for you, but you can find them eventually at some point. And they've also added the underground in this game, which later in the game, you can go to this kind of underground network that has a lot of different Pokemon spawning in it. There are different regions in the underground. So there's like an area that, is that spawns. Meant, is that meant to be like the wild area? Kind of, of, yeah. Like yeah, from, from Sword and Shield, since we just mentioned it? It's kind of like that. It's It, it doesn't operate exactly the same, but it's much... It's But same a, idea. Yeah, a good comparison. And it has different regions in it. So, like, there is an area of the underground that has mostly fire Pokemon. And you can go there, again, later in the game and kind of, you know, if you want to fill out your team in a certain way, then you can do it via the underground, which is super helpful. I also do like the graphics in this game. Again, that that cute little chibi style of these big bobble-headed characters on the map. I always love that. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks really good. And as far as I've gotten it plays really good too. I've not had any real complaints. There are some every now and then there's like a a weird screen transition where you talk to a trainer and then the the screen will kind of like zoom out kind of funny and then zoom into the battle it is a weird transition that is jarring almost every time i see it it's not game breaking but there's a couple little weird things like that other than that this feels like a classic pokemon game to me i know that a lot of people were upset with how little this game changed from the original but i think that's exactly what i'm enjoying about it is that it does feel like one of the old pokemon games without a lot of variation and it is a nice appetizer for Arceus next Legends month. Arceus, yeah, which I've I've decided, man, after watching the most recent trailers of that, they just put out one a couple days ago where it's like, meet they did. the faces. Yeah, I watched Legends. it. Yeah, I've, I am not sold that that game is going to be good. I'm not sold that it's even going to be fun. I think, it, I think it has potential. It has a lot of potential, and that's the main problem, see, because <laughs> <laughs> when I watch the trailers for this game, I'm like, well, this is game of the year, obviously, right? Like, it's just an open-world Pokemon game. It's what I've always been hoping for. And then I'm like, well, I don't know. So so I am going to wait for reviews on this game and watch some oh, gameplay sure. on this game Me before too. I buy yeah. it. This is There are games that I, and I know everybody says, don't pre-order games. There are games that I pre-order because I know that I'm going to want. I, I I know that I'm going to want the physical copy of some games. This is not a game that I'm going to pre-order. I will wait on this one. I will be too. I likely won't even, even if it's good, I won't even be picking it up right away. Um, but I do want it to be good because the concept of Arceus sounds really cool. So it sounds I hope so, it's good. It sounds so cool and it looks so cool. I, I think it, like you said, has so much potential. It's just whether or not it's going to actually meet those meet those ideas and dreams in my mind. Yeah, hope it does. Hope it does. 
Uh, well, well, speaking of dreams and, and meeting things in your mind and, uh, you know, going on explorations, you didn't mention that. I'm just filling in for you. We've yeah. also been playing the gunk. <laughs> we sure have. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't have a transition, so I just was forcing one. I was doing an old Frank move there from back when he was on the show. Perfect. Uh, the gunk. Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. This week. Uh, dropped Thursday, right? I think it was. I think it was on Thursday that it came out. And this is a game that you and I have been keeping an eye on, I want to say, for the better part of a year or two now, just kind of waiting for it to release. I forget when we first saw it, but it's finally here. And, you know, jumping in right away, I thought initially the game was moving kind of slow and I wasn't sure, like, if I was going to actually enjoy it. But it only took about 20 or 30 minutes and I was hooked. Yeah, this is, uh, again, when the reviews came out for this game... It took me back a little bit because I wasn't sure that I was going to totally love it, right? I wasn't sure that it's sitting like in the low 70s, I think, on Metacritic because a lot of people are saying that it is a short game. It typically lasts between four to five hours and that it's very samey all the way throughout. There's not a lot of variation in the gameplay. That being said, though, I did download it. I actually preloaded it like a week ago and then jumped in. And for the first hour and a half or so, really had a good time. And I and I thought in my brain, you know, this game's only four hours or so, and I'm an hour and a half in. I'm going to finish this game. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to stop now yeah. because I am enjoying it. I, I am having a lot of fun. You are these teenage space explorers. I'm assuming they're teenaged. They look and talk. Yeah, they don't, you don't really, they don't really give them any identification stuff outside of the names, right? Outside like, of names, right. Yeah, you don't know ages. You don't theoretically know genders, but I mean, you can, I guess, tell, but. Right, you can, you they can don't give you, surmise. They don't give you anything, yeah. And you you go to this planet. Your your two jobs is you, is you go to planets, find valuable materials on the planets, take them back yeah, and sell them, and that's how you make less. money. Yeah, they're scavengers more or less. Yeah, and they crash land on this planet because it's got a lot of signals on it, a lot of kind of power signals coming off of it. And so they decide they're going to find out what it is, but it's covered in this black gunk. And she uses her powered up glove hand. It's not a glove. It's a mechanical hand, really, because she doesn't have an arm. Right. And sucks up all the gunk. And in doing so, you find different materials and you can use those materials to upgrade your hand. And it's it is kind of a platforming adventure exploration game. There are there 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 are some puzzles in terms of finding what you need to do in order to progress a little further. And there is a story in that the pilot of the ship is always kind of nagging you to come back, but you are really interested in this planet. You're finding a lot of beautiful scenery, some animals here and there. And that's well, I think super- if I was in that in that role, I would probably be wanting to press forward. Like, that's what I mean. I want yeah. w- to see what's out there at this point. Like, oh, definitely. I, c- I come across this beautiful creature. I'm going to follow it. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think for those purposes, I've really enjoyed it. It is not a difficult game. No, but it's super very, easy. very beautiful. The the and, and there are there are some combat light combat. Yes, you do light get combat. attacked. Like uh, when you're cleaning up the the gunk, there will be these gunk like enemies that spawn and try to take you down. But right, they're but not, it's not, they're not difficult hard to defeat. Yeah, they're super easy. And the environments are all just really, really well rendered, really well made. That's been kind of the highlight of the game for me. Is is running Chill around these too. Yeah, really soundtrack. good soundtrack. Really good voice acting. I'm I'm actually really pleased with the voice actors also. The yeah, characters look totally ridiculous. I have no idea. That's that's the point. Like they're not meant to look. They're I mean, it's like Bosman said with the Psychonauts two kids and how they're ugly. Like I don't yeah, think they're they, meant they to look all, good. And that was exactly my thought. These look like Psychonauts characters. Yeah. But not in a Psychonauts world. This does not look like a Psychonauts level. This is, it looks, this is Psychonauts characters in the real world. Well, not real world, I guess, since it's an alien world, but Yeah, it. You know what it reminds me of? The environments actually remind me a lot of the Outer Worlds, the first world you start on there. The, a lot of the imagery, and I can see that too, but a lot of the imagery in the game reminds me of Returnal. Oh, sure. Especially because you're, you know, exploring this alien world and trying to figure out what happened, I guess. It's it's a lot of the same story beats. 
Yeah, and and not to put in any spoilers because again, this game is only four hours and it's on Game Pass. So, th- and I, everything I we've like, mentioned, you find out in the first like thirty minutes. So, yes, yes, and it's easy enough to download and jump in. If if this is a game that you are at all interested in, don't be put off by the low seventies reviews. I don't know that those reviews are wrong either. If I had, no, to, I don't think so. If I had to rate this game in terms of where I would put it, I'd put it maybe at a 7.5. I think that's probably pretty accurate. I I think that's probably where I'd say so far, yeah. But I'm not disappointed in that 7.5 either. In my brain, there's different 7.5s. You know, there's there's a 7.5 where I'm totally content with the 7.5. But if Horizon Forbidden West came out tomorrow and scored a 7.5, I would be disappointed in it. I'd be devastated. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and <laughs> be I'd be like, yeah, this devastated. game's a 7.5 and I'm pissed. So so there's different 7.5s. I think that this is a really good 7.5. Absolutely. And I mean, like you mentioned, it is on Game Pass. So if you have that, it's free. Um, if you're a fan of Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. I mean, it, it plays similar to that. Very. Uh, the, the gunk oftentimes, like as, as you get further in, will start behaving differently. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of like some of the different ghosts that you, especially in Luigi's Mansion 3, like how they, you know, kind of progress the ghosts as you go up the floors. Very similar to that. Definitely. Um, you already mentioned that there's platforming abilities and that kind of stuff. So there's elements of Mario Sunshine in this game to me. Mm-hmm. I can see that too. Because you're cleaning up crap. Um what else was I thinking this game reminded me? Oh, Returnal. That's what other one I was going to say. Right. Uh, I was like, there's another thing that I was thinking of that this game reminded me of, but I think that was that one. Um, I do like it. I'm on chapter four. I think you said you're on chapter six. I don't know exactly how many chapters there are. I do. The do gunk. you want to know? Yeah. Nine. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm about, I'm almost half and you're over half. Yes. Yeah. I actually like knowing how long a game is. I don't necessarily like to know what's going to happen. If I find out, that's okay. Correct, like, yeah. Spoiler, spoilers don't devastate me. Um, I mean, shit, I edit your podcast, and half the shit I edit, I, I don't see. So most of the stuff that I edit for you is a spoiler to me. But I don't care, because sure. spoilers don't bother me. Uh, like they well, never have. You you might next week. I'm I'm doing Spider-Man No Way Home with Bedroth. So. I, and I don't care. Like, if I don't see it by then, it doesn't bother me. Sure. Like, I'll I'll still watch it and still enjoy it when I see it. Like, it doesn't bother me. I have avoided spoilers so far, though. <laughs> I'm hoping to see it before I have to edit your show. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I, I would, man. I really enjoyed it. I got to say, I, I loved to it. See it. I hope to see it before I edit your show. Uh, but yeah, that is what's new with you this week. We will be back. Ooh, no, next week is our Game Awards, so we won't be talking games again for a few weeks here. So, uh, yeah, what's new with you? We'll be back here soon. We normally would jump to the Sean Waltman lightning round, but because it was a light week in terms of things coming out of the Game Awards, like obviously we have a shitload of stuff to talk about from the Game Awards since we skipped last week. We're going to get to that a little bit later on. There was uh, an Indie World Showcase event that happened this past week. Yeah. It was on the day that I was sick, unfortunately, and I slept right through it. So I still... Haven't seen everything that came out of it. I did see a lot of like Sea of Stars got a release date, which I'm excited about. Right. Um, you know, not a release date, cool a release things. window. Release window. Sorry, I think it was March, right, or something. No, like it's that, holiday or, of next year. Then what was March? Something was March from that indie world too. Ollie Ollie World. Down. Maybe, maybe that. Yes. No, and I think that's February, but um, one of the two. I don't fucking know. Maybe that was March. It was not. It was not a action-packed indie direct. I will say that there were a couple little surprises here and there that I think other My people lack of were really into. Shows that I didn't really watch the direct. <laughs> yeah, like I just it, it, there wasn't it, a lot. I, I quickly after I woke up from when I was feeling better, like I looked at the uh, the list of stuff that got sent out in the press release. I was like, do I want to go back and watch this? And I didn't feel like I needed to. So um, we're going to, in place of the Sean Waltman lightning round this week, we are revealing the nominees to our own 2021 RPG era game awards. This is something we do on the podcast every year. We've been doing it for a few years now. And this year we're doing things just a little bit differently. So Kyle and I now being the sole surviving members, I guess, of the show for for the time being, hopefully Dan and, and Sean will grace us with their presence again in the future. But it doesn't make sense to have them on to do this kind of stuff. Right. So it's just me and you at this point. But I want there to be more than just mine and your opinions. Sure. So that's where 
the patrons come in. So if you are a Patreon subscriber over at patreon.com forward slash RPG era, I will be making posts individually for every award that we are going to list off. And then there'll be a poll. And you guys are going to help us narrow down to a, a, a degree. It, I don't have the final say. Kyle doesn't have the final say. And the patrons don't have the final say. We're going to take all three of those ideas or opinions, I guess, put them together. And that's where we're going to come out with the actual game winner, I guess, for each category. So Kyle and I will be doing it much like we do Thunderdome. We'll be ranking, you know, backwards. Uh, assigning point values and going from there to determine who wins and who doesn't. But it should be interesting, especially if we can get everyone that's a Patreon subscriber to vote. I'm hoping we can. If we can get all six of you, that would give us a decent sample size. And, uh, you know, that would that would get us a, a pretty accurate list, I think. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can make this happen. And I think we have a pretty good list for the awards this year as well. I actually need to pull uh, it up. I'm very happy with our list. Yeah, I actually need to pull. I forgot to pull that part up. I have my max level script open, but not the year end because the I keep that in a separate notepad. Let's see here. All right. How many awards are we doing? I think we're doing 21 again. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21. Yep, 21. We are doing 21 awards once again this year. A lot of the same ones from last year. We do like to keep a lot of our, our awards that we've kind of come up with throughout the years running. Frank actually came up with a really good one this year for us. Um, we have some some good stuff in here. So let's go over the RPG Era 2021 awards. Best Action Game. The nominees are Scarlet Nexus, Lost Judgment, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Back for Blood. Best Adventure Game. It Takes Two, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Eastward, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, and Psychonauts 2. Best Role-Playing Game, the nominees are Tales of Arise, Ease 9, Monstrum Nox, Shimagami Tensei 5, and Bravely Default 2. Best Fighting Game, the nominees are Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood Type Lumina, and Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Some of these only have a couple. Best Family Party Game, the nominees are New Pokemon Snap, WarioWare Get It Together, and Mario Party Superstars. Best Sim Strategy Game, the nominees are Humankind, Age of Empires 4, and Inscription. Best Sports Slash Racing Game, the nominees are MLB The Show 21, Knockout City, Mario Golf Super Rush, NBA 2K22, Forza Horizon 5, and Riders Republic. Best Platforming Metroidvania Game, the nominees are Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, Axiom Verge 2, Psychonauts 2, and Metroid Dread. Best first-person slash third-person shooter game. The nominees are Returnal, Halo Infinite, and Far Cry 6. Best horror survival game. The nominees are The Medium, Tormented Souls, The Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes, and Resident Evil Village. Now here's where we get to the good stuff. Soundtrack of the Year. The nominees are Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Ease 9 Monstrum Nox, The Artful Escape, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Sable. Best Narration Slash Story, the nominees are It Takes Two, The Artful Escape, Psychonauts 2, and Inscription. The Golden Gizmo, which is best companion in a game. This was Frank's idea. Super cool. The nominees are Kit from Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Rot from Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Bowser Jr. from Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and Grimoire Vice from Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. <laughs> <laughs> Most surprising game. Your nominees are Pac-Man 99, Knockout City, Deathloop, New World, and Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. I think that Deathloop might throw some people off because that's the only time it appears on our list. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Most sentimental game. Your nominees are Lost Words Beyond the Page, Life is Strange True Colors, Near Replicant, Shikari A Colorful Tale, and It Takes Two. Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Remember, this is our award that we uh, assigned to the game that we feel like we just couldn't put down throughout the year. Your nominees are MLB The Show 21, Mario Golf Super Rush, Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon 5, and Diablo 2 Resurrected. Best Indie Game. Your nominees are Cyber Shadow, The Artful Escape, Death's Door, Inscription, and Axiom Verge 2. Best Voice Acting in a Game. Your nominees are Maggie Robertson as Lady Demetresque from Resident Evil Village, Erica Mori as Alex Chen from Life is Strange True Colors, Jennifer Hale as Rivet from Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, 
and Romain Dennis as Nikki Gold from Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Most innovative game design, your nominees are Game Builder Garage, It Takes Two, Lost Words Beyond the Page, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, and Loop Hero. The Thunderdome Award, remember this is just uh, the four Thunderdome winners, so your nominees are Cyber Shadow, Mario Golf Super Rush, Life is Strange True Colors, and Back for Blood. And then the final award, of course, is the RPG Era Game of the Year Award. And your six nominees are Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, Returnal, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, and Inscription. Good list. Super duper good list. And I and I like that a lot of our choices vary from other game of the awards like yeah. like the regular game awards or or some other awards that you've seen definitely different than lists that you've seen on IGN or Polygon there's yeah, a lot of variation <laughs> yeah <laughs> look, look at, at death loop. loop for heaven's sake we have it listed under most surprising cuz we thought for sure it was going to fucking suck and it didn't so hey most surprising we still haven't Absolutely. played it so so I haven't played it so I can't give it an award for something I haven't played unfortunately but uh we did play everything on that list that we've that we ran down. You, you know, maybe there are some that I didn't play that you did or that I played that you didn't, but sure. Through both of us, every game on that list we've played, which is fucking impressive. <laughs> Very impressive. But remember, if you're a Patreon member, you can head on over to patreon.com and you can help us start uh, figuring out the old awards for the RPG Era Awards next week. I'm excited. I am too, man. I'm looking forward to it. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Hi, this is Frank from Terrible, a horrible, no good, very bad podcast. What's terrible? The recent films of Steven Seagal, Hippies, The New York Jets, hell yes to all three of those things, but so much more than that. Terrible's a review of the worst of the worst, from the DMV to cancel culture, from microtransactions to wherever the hell a Demi Lovato is. We'll have some laughs, share some personal stories, and make this world a little less terrible through some semi-thoughtful discussion. Download or stream Terrible, a horrible, no good, very bad podcast on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, Kyle, that music right there, it's only going to take a minute. It's time for the new release roulette. And because it's a holiday week, obviously, you know, Friday's Christmas Eve, Saturday is Christmas. Uh, we're going to have a couple light weeks. There's really nothing that comes out at this time of year. But we do have something coming out on Thursday, one small little game right before Christmas. But before we talk about it, we do have to go over our results from two weeks ago on the show where we talked about three games. So the first one was Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. I guessed it would come in at an 88. You said 85. 14 reviews, 93. Holy crap. average so far. So I was closest, and I am so happy because, as I mentioned, that gave me the victory over Sev in the uh, Fantasy Critic League. Yeah, Muscle Top champion. Yeah, so I, I will take home the trophy this year. Signups are available for the 2022 RPG Era Thunderdome for the Fantasy Critic League. If you're interested in participating with us, it's basically fantasy football with video games. Head on over to our Discord server. You'll find a link. And there's only five of us right now. It's me, Kyle, Zanku, Sev, and Visualty. So hopefully uh, hopefully we get some more players. I thought Rocker Nick weeks. was going to join. Where's he at? I, th I think he's going to. Okay. I think he's going to. Yeah, I think he's going to. At least he said he was. But uh, we're going to we're gonna plan no, Frank? to do... Not yet. I sent him the link. I was like, dude, make sure you sign up for this. Yeah, what about... I, 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 fig I figured he would want to try to find a way to cheat in this somehow. Oh, he always will. That's what he does. He likes to try to work the system. If you ain't cheating, right? That's, you ain't trying. I uh, will probably schedule this, like, you know, the first or second episode of, uh, uh, of Max Level in 2022. Remember how we did it last year? We just had the draft go while we were recording the podcast. Yes, sir. And, we're kind of just watching it because everybody had it set to auto pick, basically. So we were just kind of watching it go. <laughs> it was kind of fun. But you can head on over there. Uh, but yeah, Endwalker did give me the victory over Sev. So that was nice. Halo Infinite was the second game we talked about. I guessed it would come in at a 90. Kyle, you said 84. 134 reviews. 87, the official top critic average. So we split it 
We I said 90. One. You said 84. Fell at 87. I'm really happy it's at an 87. Good for them, man. Me too. Me too. It's a great game. Um, I've only played the introductory section of the campaign. Like, I've not gotten that far into the campaign. I still am playing multiplayer almost nightly with uh, with your nephews. And, you know, we've been randomly partying up with people that we find now. And it's, it's just been fun. I've, I've been having a lot of fun with Halo multiplayer as of late. Um, it's been super enjoyable. The third game we talked about was Witchwood. I guessed it would come in at an 82. You said 79. Based on seven reviews, 80, the official top critic average. So you were closest. You were closest to that 80. Yeah, how many How many other games are there now? Because I've got, we've each got two points. That's it. Oh, well, look at us. That's it. Yeah. We only had three. That was it. We did it. We each All got right. two points. Oh, I'll let well. you play with your PP at the end of the show. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and we only have one game coming out this week. And I honestly, because of the holiday week, I, I'm not even going to take a stab at this because I'm fairly confident there's going to be no reviews available for this game. So the only game that is worth mentioning coming out this week is coming on Thursday to PC. It's Scarf. Scarf is an atmospheric and emotional journey about what it means to be a hero. An adventure game mixing puzzles and 3D platforms. Explore beautifully crafted worlds and discover your true destiny with the help of a dragon-shaped scarf. So it's kind of like Journey, basically. Yeah. It, well, it's a lot more platform. I think this is like a platformer puzzle game. Right. It's been on my radar for a while now, and yeah. I was kind of surprised to see it get like kind of just announced and released like right next to Christmas. Like, you know, games don't usually come out this week and that close to the holiday. Right. But I hope it does well. I think this game looks beautiful. I just got another update on my phone. There's another freaking coyote in my neighborhood. We keep getting coyotes like on my street. Who sent you, who sent you the update? Somebody from my neighborhood. It's We've got oh, like I, a neighborhood I thought you group. Had, like a... I thought you had like a like a national a national coyote watch service has yeah, issued I'm on a the, coyote I'm on the coyote for... the coyote group. No, it's like a <laughs> it's it's like it's like a neighborhood group that whenever something happens. There was a car the other day. Well, it's a gated community. Somebody came flying in middle of the night, came flying in through one of the gates, didn't turn fast enough, hit the sidewalk, knocked their tire off. They drove for like 50 feet without a tire, scratched up the street. Then went back, picked up their tire, put it under their car, and left. Nobody knows who they are. There's, this car is like in our neighborhood now. It's like a Chrysler 300. <laughs> That's fantastic. Things are getting wacky around here, and I don't know what to do about it. Dude, and some of these coyotes... Okay, so here's the thing about coyotes in the desert, too. You got coyotes in Ohio, probably, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But out there, you guys have trees, which means you have yes. like rabbits and birds and snakes. So the coyotes actually eat... So you guys get like big alpha boys out there and we have little desert scavengers. Our coyotes are like pups and they're, they're like hyenas. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're skinny and they're scrawny because they eat lizards. Yeah. And we have a lot of rabbits. I, I do have to say we have a lot of rabbits and we have rabbits in our neighborhood and we have rabbits in our neighborhood because there's less coyotes in our neighborhood. So they like to come live in people's yards, live in the grass. Like it's like, it looks like Sean's house. There's so many rabbits everywhere. And then, <laughs> and then there's, we do, we really do have quite a few rabbits in our neighborhood and it's not like we have a lot of plants that grow food. So they don't really bother anybody. They just kind of hang out and you see them at nighttime. And then, uh, but I think that's what brings the coyotes into the neighborhood is probably a rabbit jets into our neighborhood and then a coyote follows it. But there, dude, yesterday we had a coyote that was like a big boy. We don't see coyotes like that, but it like, it made me nervous. I was like, oh man, that's a big one. Luckily they aren't like super aggressive, unless provoked. Are they the same species as dogs? Like are, like are coyotes and wolves the same thing? Yeah. Hold on. They're, they're, they're very, I mean, they're from the same family. Yeah. But they're not like directly linked. Like they yeah, are okay, different Okay, okay. So they're smaller you know than I mean? wolves. They're not, they're not technically wolves. Like the same genus or whatever, right? Like, right. Or, they are the, well, let's see. Hold on. Buh, 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 buh. Slightly smaller. They're closely related to Eastern wolves and red wolves. If, because like, you know how dogs and wolves can mate and make like yeah. dogs because dogs and wolves are the same thing? Yeah. I guess. Okay. So these are not. Okay, so they're the same genus, not the same species. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was trying to say. The, the same genus, but not the same sector. Whatever. I was just saying it wrong. Right. So I wonder. Coyotes have nineteen subspecies. I wonder if they could mate with a dog. I doubt it. Well. Oh well. Well, hold on. Hold on. Coyotes sometimes mate with gray, eastern, or red wolves, producing koi wolf hybrids. Genetic studies show that most North American wolves contain some level of coyote DNA. So it probably is possible. Wow. Dogs are crazy, dude. Be like a dog mating with a pig. 
Didn't somebody talk about that once? Somebody tried that once. Wasn't that South Park Man Bear Pig? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was South Park. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, this is like this I is interesting too. Even though they have a very specific image and reputation in Anglo-American culture, they are seen as cowardly and untrustworthy. Unlike wolves, which have seen their public image improve, attitudes towards the coyote remain largely negative. It's kind of true, though, if you think about it, right? Like, anytime you are thinking about it in a negative connotation, people tend to say coyote. But if it's a positive connotation, they'll say wolf. Because well, and I have, like a I have no good feelings towards image. coyotes. I don't have any bad feelings towards them, though. Well, I have small kids that like to play outside. And so if I see a coyote... I don't know, I don't know that they want to eat your kids, though. Ah, Gus is pretty small. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? If, if yeah, they're no, going to go over small moving things that they think they can eat. And that's, I mean, that's the one thing we do have to look at. And I don't have any pets, but I know in our neighborhoods, when somebody sees a coyote, people bring their pets inside because they don't want their dog eaten or whatever. Right. Yeah. See, that would, that would be my only concern. But. Now, are these coyotes, I wouldn't have to worry about too much. Like I said, they're scavengers. They're little boys. But... Like back where my it's family lives in Oklahoma, the mountains and shit. Yeah, or, or yeah, the those are of they eat deer. That's... They chase down deer and kill deer and eat them. So those are big suckers. And I remember when I would go to Oklahoma as a child, we would have to really be careful with like leaving things outside at night because the coyotes had come out. Yeah, we need to uh, we need to start a National Geographic podcast at this point. Yeah, welcome welcome to Coyotes well, that's, Weekly. That's the next uh, section of of the RPG Era Podcast Network. I'm your host, Coyote Kyle. Coyote Kyle. <laughs> I got my thumbnail for this week. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing it down so I don't forget. Coyote Kyle. There you go. Coyote Kyle. <laughs> I already have an idea of what I'm gonna do. Oh my god. It's going to be great. The Coyote is a radio station. It's a country radio station out here. I know. I remember. I have this image of what Coyote Kyle would look like in my head, and I know I can pull it off in Photoshop. Oh, man. If you, <laughs> if you, if you go a deep dive on my Instagram, you can find some pictures of me with, like, a mustache. I know I can pull it off. It's so good. Anyway. There's, uh, like, a, there's like a fly in my studio. What's going on? Oh, I'm living man. in filth. There's coyotes outside. They're breaching. They're breaching the walls. Flies are coming suit. through. What is happening? They're coming through. Uh, yeah. Well, that was a good filler of time since we didn't have a ton of things to talk about there for the uh, for the new release roulette. Um, but that's the only game. That's the only game. Scarf. And like I said, we're not really gonna guess on it. I I, I mean, if I had to guess, I, I man, I want this game to do well, but I I just don't know that yeah. it's gonna get enough reviews. Anyone. Um, I was gonna say probably a low eighty. I I would say eighty. Just to, okay. Fair. Just there we go. Different. We split it. Um. But I think that it won't get enough reviews, but I likely will play it soon. So we skipped last week's show, and that would have been the episode where we did a very in-depth discussion on the Game Awards. Since it's now been two weeks, and a lot of other people have done in-depth discussions on the Game Awards, it doesn't necessarily make sense for us to just repeat the same stuff that everybody's been saying now for 14 days. So you guys know what happened. The Game Awards, it was on December 9th. I was live over on YouTube.com forward slash RPG era. was live for almost four hours. It was Actually, it was over four hours, like four hours and ten minutes. Um, it was a good time. I really enjoyed the Game Awards this year. Overall, before we get into our ten favorite moments from the Game Awards, what did you think just as an overall of the Game Awards this year? Are you asking me? Yeah. What did you think of just as an overall? Like, Oh, no, I thought it was fine. Just as an overall. What did you yeah. think? Especially for like, from what Jeff Keighley promised and what was shown, I was really happy with everything that came out of the awards this year. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought they got a lot of the winners right. I thought a lot of the you know the people that should have won did, or the games that should have won did. Obviously, there are always going to be some that I disagree with, but um, seeing it takes two take game of the year was you know a super awesome moment. Um, I think that Joseph Farr is freaking. <laughs> Just sitting in the crowd every time, and then cutting to him when he would lose, oh, just so to funny. build up to. I mean, it, it it almost feels like it was like done that way intentionally. Now, when you go back in retrospect and look at right. it, like every time that it takes two was getting nominated, and they would cut to him, and like he was all pissed, like not really pissed off, but like doing the like you know the fake fists like shake, like I'll get you next time in the crowd, just for him to get game of the year. Super cool. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but as an overall, I, I did think that the game awards this year were not as strong. As prior years, 
if we look at it on the basis of announcements, but sure. if we look at it on the basis of overall package and like what was shown and what was there, this was another solid year. Like I, I would, I would probably say an eight out of ten for this year. For, yeah, for Jeff Keighley doesn't control the announcements. Only no, he has know, no he control. He he asks, he tries. Yeah, he tries to get us everything that he can. He can't announce things that aren't there, you know. And so people are like, "Good job, Jeff. You didn't show anything I like." Well, that's not he. he He's not making the games, guys. He tried to get Final Fantasy 16 there, I'm sure. He tried to get, sure. like, all of these fucking games that people want to see there. But, you know, it, it's like you said, it's not up to him. It's up to these studios to be like, well, I guess we'll show our game there. Like, you're kind of just stuck to that. Luckily, he's Jeff, so everybody loves him. Exactly. But, uh, all right, 10 favorite moments from the Game Awards. I went through my list last night when I decided we were going to do it this way. And I, because I wrote down as I was live watching the awards, I wrote down everything that happened in order. And I went and put a star next to everything that I thought was a big moment. And I have 10. So I have enough in case we have crossovers. <laughs> okay, I was about <laughs> I to was say, I, I only did five, so. I was counting. I was, I, I wanted to see how many I had because I didn't actually count last night as I was putting stars. But that actually works out. So I have 10. So that way there will be no crossovers. Perfect. So, Let's go ahead and list off our 10 favorite moments from the Game Awards this year. And uh, Kyle, you can kick us off. I feel like there needs to be like a sound clip there. Our 10 favorite moments. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. From the Game Awards 2020. From the Game Awards. Live at RPGera.com. From the Game Awards. Live from the closet. Live. There's a freaking fly in here and it's pissing me off, That's the camera crew. That's the camera crew. That's the camera crew. It's a drone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number one. Number one for me. uh, And you already mentioned it. Number one for me is Joseph Ferris winning Game of the Year, man. Yeah, I knew I... I, And I I almost stopped myself. I was like, I know it's going to be on his list, but... I yeah. was already rolling, so I just kept going. And and of course, as much as I love It Takes Two, it was the fact that Joseph Ferris got to give a speech for Game of the Year. Uh, I think all of us were waiting for it, hoping for it to happen, just to see him get up and take the mic. And man, did he not disappoint! He is he is so funny and so such a a goofball. But he's so personable. Yes, absolutely. And I think that he deserves it. He's such a he's such a good personality in the gaming industry. Very, very happy. Uh, that's that's one of my top moments of the night was seeing him up there. I actually stood up off my couch and started cheering when when he won. I was I, I mean, you, you saw I was I was definitely excited on stream. I, I mean, I was glad I because I wasn't convinced that uh, that it takes two was actually going to get game of the year. I wasn't no, convinced I that wasn't it was either. going to. Yeah, so I'm glad that he got to go up there, fuck the Oscars again, even though he did it differently this time. He's like, last time, you know, I said fuck the Oscars, but the Oscars kind of are getting fucked because the Game Awards are getting better each year. Yep. (laughs) He's so funny. And I'm very curious now, like, you know, this What do they do? It Takes Two has established them as like a primary studio, Hazel Light. I mean, you look at how A Way Out was received when it was when it released a couple years ago, and that was generally positive, too. So riding the success of that and now the even greater success of It Takes Two, I have to assume their next release is going to be a big deal. Oh, of course it will. Yeah. Coming off of this, they just skyrocketed in terms of popularity and expectation. And it's likely going to have a much bigger budget. So that being said... Don't expect it anytime soon either, though, right? Like, of course not. With with the increase of budget and the increase of ideas is going to be the increase of time. So, um, I am curious though what direction they'll take because they do kind of lean heavily, or he does, he leans heavily on that cooperative style of play. Right. Uh, I hope they, I hope they stick with that. The last the last few times, I hope they stick with it too. I do too. Like, I think that I makes think them that's unique. what makes their game special. Yeah, it makes them unique. And if they can craft, how long was it takes to? 12 to 14 hours. See, imagine if they could craft a 20 to 25 hour co-op Insane. epic adventure with a with a, you know, huge budget. That'd be crazy. Um my first moment that I want to point out from the Game Awards is a I think all of mine are going to be, well, depends on what I go with. Some of the ones that I have start aren't necessarily new announcements, but I I did focus heavily on some of the new stuff because that's kind of why I gravitate toward the Game Awards so much. But the big one for me out of this year was Alan Wake 2. Yeah, that was cool the biggest moment for me this year. Getting uh, Sam Wake up on stage with Jeff Keighley. This is the announcement that Jeff mentioned was two and a half years in the making. Back on social media before the Game Awards. 
um, because Remedy acquired the IP for Alan Wake from Microsoft two and a half years ago. So they bought back the rights to their game from Mike because Microsoft had the IP and the rights to Alan Wake right. and, and the DLC. And then Remedy, after Quantum Break and uh, Control, wanted to, you know, get shit back and, and go back to Alan Wake. So they struck a deal with Microsoft, bought the license off of them two and a half years ago and started on Alan Wake 2 right then and there. Yeah. And I mean, I've never played the first Alan Wake, but I know how big of a deal this it's is. It's so for, good. Yeah. It's so good. And it's. It's different. Like, it's really cool. It's so good. And this one has a lot more survival horror elements than the first one right. did. The first one was more action, you know, like running around, shooting, uh, very Max Payne at times. Okay. Whereas um, Alan Wake 2 looks a lot like Silent Hill or, you know, Resident Evil, more survival horror type of a of a, of a take on the on the game. Um and it's coming out in 2023, so I'm pretty excited. I think yeah, it should, should be, be awesome. Should be awesome. It should be awesome. All right, number two for me is the return of Telltale Games, the triumphant okay. return of of this of this beleaguered studio that is that has come and gone and had huge huge ups and then a big down in the industry and kind of disappeared and then got bought. But we actually kind of see the return of Telltale Games again, and they're doing a really cool game, which is The Expanse. It's that Amazon Prime sci-fi series that I have watched some of. I've never finished, though. But it's a a big sci-fi series in literature anyways before they made it into a TV show, and I think should make a really awesome kind of narrative adventure that Telltale is known for, and hopefully this is good footing for them to get back off the ground. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it should be. Um, I've not watched The Expanse, but I do like the Telltale formula. I'm sure it is something that I will check out when it releases. I'm glad to see that studio, you know, rising from the ashes. I know it's different personnel mostly, but I'm excited to see what this becomes now that so many people are doing this formula, right? Like you have Life is Strange. You have all these games that have copied the Telltale formula. And then you had Telltale as a studio go away. They got shut down. They got closed. And then the name got bought and then they brought it back. And now it's a bunch of different people. I just hope it's good. I just hope that they're able to make a good game in the end. You know what I mean? Just make Absolutely, a good game. Yeah. No, I do too. Um, number two for me is Sonic Frontiers. Okay. I think this game has potential to be one of next year's biggest games. That would be a huge surprise and a really cool surprise. I am still very, um, trepidatious about it. I, they have, Sega has burned so many times with, with different Sonic games. I don't know. But we've never, okay, so we've never seen a fully open Kirby game, and then we got the Lost Worlds or whatever the fuck it's called coming to Switch next year. And when we saw the footage for Sonic Frontiers, I was like, man, this is the same feeling I had when I saw the Kirby trailer. Like, we've never really seen a fully realized open Sonic game. Definitely, We've had some that have mimicked it, right? You look at Sonic Adventures, Adventures 2. uh, What was the other one? Was it... Because oh, Colors was linear. It was like, a, I'm trying to think of the, some of the other ones. Anyway, I think it was just Adventure. And, there's one other one, but that had more of, of an open approach. But they generally always follow that Sonic formula where you're on a path and you're just running through rings. And whether it's 2D or, I'm sorry, side-scrolling or not, um, it's never been fully open. And the way that this one was presented as it zoomed out and you saw this giant landscape and Sonic's just kind of like running all over the fucking place in this open field, it reminded me of like Nintendo unveiling Breath of the Wild. And when they made it a point that were like, anything that you can see, you can go there. Right. And I feel like that's what we're getting with Sonic Frontiers. I hope so. And if that's the case, it's going to be massive. It could be a huge game. It could be a huge release. It could be a huge, like I said, it honestly could be one of 2022's biggest releases if they're able to pull it off. And we got that new Sonic, uh, the, the two movie trailer too. That, that was, cool. that almost made my list. April 8th. I'm looking forward it. to that movie. I, yeah, I, I my kids, will, my kids will be hyped. I loved the first one. I thought it was good. I thought I did too. All right. Oh, what's your number three? Number three on my list is the return of Telltale Games. Wait, you just said that. I know, but Brian, the return of the old people from Telltale Games bringing us, and gosh dang it, Brian, I was so hyped when I saw this, 
a Star Trek I, game. I, I, I'm pretty sure I could see your boner from Ohio, oh. from from where I was sitting. I looked up and I was like, wait, I think that's Kyle's pants. An actual, real Star Trek game. And it's it doesn't look incredible. With Leonard Nimoy! Oh man, it looks so fun. This is exactly, I, I hope, beyond hope, that this is like the revival of big name, like first party Star Trek games. This could be like this, the start of the rest of my life if they would just start making Star Trek games in the style of like the Guardians of the Galaxy game or like, you know, like, like actual fun action RPG games like that. Yeah. I would be so impressed, so hyped. But, all the Telltale guys coming back and doing a Star Trek game, I think that Star Trek is a is a perfect kind of format for a Telltale game. Star Trek Resurgence is the name of the game. Correct, yeah. And it's got a, a window attached to it, a spring of next year, so um, I have to assume that means Chapter 1. Right, yeah. I mean, it's Telltale, so they're not going to... Well, not Telltale. The the guys from old Telltale, I don't know what their new... Well, their right, new I don't know the called. new... St- but, I mean, they were Telltale. Like, it's... Correct. This is the team, or at least the core team... That left Telltale when they closed. So right, now they're right. back under a new name, doing new games. Um, I have to assume they're going to follow their same formula. So I have to assume that spring 2022 is just for chapter one of this game. I Yeah, th- that would make sense. Yeah, but I am excited. I think it will be hopefully a good game. Dramatic Labs. That's the name of the studio. Dramatic Labs. Yeah, that's what it was. And we don't really have any like big, fun Star Trek games. No, there are none. Like, there really aren't. There's mobile games in that failed MMO from a couple of years ago, and then yeah, they Star did Trek the online. Yeah, they did the VR like bridge game that, oh, that apparently sucked. was pretty good. Oh, oh, I thought it sucked. I didn't play it. I heard it was all right. Actually, you know what? People did say they. I just I I don't know. I I think that was just because it was the early days of VR and like sure. everything was still janky to me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm gonna take the uh, the same approach. Number three on my list: the Return of Telltale. I'm just kidding. The Return of Telltale. No. <laughs> Star Wars Eclipse. Oh yeah. The uh the next narrative adventure game coming from Quantic Dream. This is the studio that has made a name for themselves by working closely with Sony over the years. Obviously, you look at Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and Detroit Become Human. Their next game is called Star Wars Eclipse and is multi-platform and looks or doesn't look because they didn't show anything. It sounds cool. Didn't yeah. show anything. Sounds I'm cool. really happy that Star Wars is kind of lending off their property to different studios to try different things with it because it's leading to a much better experience in terms of games. Yep. Than just EA getting to do As everything they to want. EA forcing everything down. Yep. Exactly. And and that's the way it should be because teams have, you know, different teams have ideas and some people are better suited for it than others. Like you look at the how crappy the sports games got when we only got one football game and one baseball game and Oh, of course. One basketball yeah. game. Like, if there's no competition and there's nobody trying to be better than you, you can fall into traps. But Detroit Become Human was awesome. I thought that game was stellar. Uh, I thought everything that Quantic Dream has put out through the years has been good. Um, I'm very excited to see what they do with Star Wars. And this is the first, I forget the way that they described it, Star Wars Eclipse. It's the first game in this era of of Star Wars. I just don't remember the era that it's in. Yeah, I a don't know. A new action adventure, multiple character branching narrative game set in the High Republic era. There you go. It's the High Republic era. So it's the first game set in the High Republic era. And it's an original um it's an original story. It's awesome. It sounds dope. Like I said, yeah. everything that they showed off looks cool. They didn't really show off much. But, it, dude, it's Quantic Dream. Detroit Become Human on PS4 look like a technical masterpiece. This game is going to wow people when it comes out. It will. Yeah, it, it's a game I'll play, man. Yeah, Again, it, I love it, Jedi gonna Fallen Order. Draws. It's going to drop draws for sure. Yeah. All right. Number four for me is Keanu Reeves being a total doofus on screen. What was he doing? I don't know, but it was so funny and so goofy. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he become, just... he's become like one of those like big faces that also is very popular in video games. Yeah. And I love that. I like Keanu Reeves anyways. How could you not? But this is, he was just being so goofy. Carrie Ann Moss is like total straight facing the presentation of Matrix Awakens, I think is what it was called. She's like total straight facing it. And Keanu Reeves is yeah, like. Yeah, that's that VR Unreal Engine 5 experience. Yeah. Or not VR, but Unreal Engine 5 experience. Yeah. And and Keanu's like doing karate moves behind her. <laughs> Dancing and fucking just. Like 
so weird, but so funny. And you could tell he was just having a fun time with it, being silly with it. And I, I think the levity was appreciated by most people. I liked it. He's just freaking insane. And did you see actually the cyberpunk just settled their lawsuit or CD? I Project did. Red? Yeah, for a small amount, it was like two million bucks. But I mean, I don't know that that's small, but it's. I mean, for a company like CD Project Red, who made a hundred plus million dollars on, it's it's still gonna fucking hit the hit the bank hard. Well, I they probably have a cool two million sitting in change somewhere. I I I don't think that's gonna be a, a very serious thing for them. I just want that update to come out so I can play yep, the game. Yeah, me too. I'd love to, I'd love to play it. Update. Yeah. Keanu, just I want to play. Just I want to play. I want to do karate moves with you. Uh, come on, Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Down to my final two and I still have so many starred. Number four for me. Number four for me is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wowee. How about that? I was not expecting this. So this is another game. So and I'm so glad this Dead by Daylight formula is not going anywhere. Right. Like it's 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 so popular. I mean, I feel like behavior, even though they are not the best studio, um, you know, there's a lot of issues with their game. They are super nice to us. We are doing a giveaway for some DLC for Dead by Daylight here soon. Um, I'm going to be working on that for the for the game awards for RPG era next week. I think I don't know how I'm going to tie it in. But I did get some stuff to give away for Dead by Daylight recently for the holidays, so I do want to do that. Um, this is from the studio that made Friday the 13th. Which failed. It did, but it's still going. Is it really? Yeah, people still play it. Okay, fair enough. People are still playing it to this day. Um, I don't think it ever went free to play, which is why I think it might have failed, because when the player base was dwindling, they had the opportunity to go free to play and then, you know, change the model. Dead by Daylight, luckily, has has never had to do that, right? Like, they still are... They were kind of like the Warcraft, right? They had the subscription model when no one else did, I guess. <laughs> right. But uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I could see launching with a price tag of like 30 or 40 bucks. And then if it doesn't do well, it'll maybe go cheaper. If it does, then who knows? But I wonder what this does to Dead by Daylight. Because the big reason they couldn't use Jason in DVD was because of Friday the 13th, the game. Right. So they have Leatherface in DVD. Does this take him out? No. I don't think so either, but it could. He's a core part of that game. He's not going anywhere. I I think that'd be crazy if it took him out, but it could. Dude, I've been playing so much Dead by Daylight recently. Like, it's... We do like like behavior like we've got we've we've been uh, we've been graced with a bunch of free stuff to give away for the holidays this year from uh, sure. behavior. So I, I've got keys to like a lot of the newest DLC and I think I've got a key to the base game on Steam. Uh, we're cool. going to be giving them away on the show uh, over the next few weeks. I just don't know exactly how we're going to give it away. Um, all right. What's your number five? All right. Number five for me. And this was I was so happy to be wrong. Number five for me. No, Chris. Pratt. <laughs> I knew you were going to have that on your list. Chris Pratt not showing up, not doing some crappy Mario impression, not Next talking year. about Garfield the Next movie. Year. <sighs> Next year we'll have him do his voice for both Mario and Garfield and see, in, the, that's the, in thing. the same sentence while he's presenting the award for Game of the Year. That's the thing, is I know he's going to show up. I thought it was going to be this year, but I'm so happy it wasn't. If it's going to be one next more year, year, then so be it. But pushing off the evil. Push the evil away. <laughs> but then that's just only beginning because then once he shows up every year, he's going to be like Keanu Reeves. He's going like, to be like you know, Keanu. Keanu's yeah. going to be back every year. Chris Pratt will be back every year. Joe Stafars will be back every year. Like Reggie, the Game Awards are going to have their year. cast. Reggie's back every year. Uh, I'm surprised Phil Spencer isn't highlighted on stage more often. You would think like that's a guy I would probably have on stage. Oh, absolutely. But I don't know why he wasn't there. He should be there. Um, but yeah, next year's the year of Pratt. Oh, stop going to make me throw up. <laughs> Number five for me, Slitterhead. I knew this was going to be on yours, and I thought about putting it on mine. I can't believe that we got Kaichi Toyama announcing Slitterhead, the creator of Silent Hill and Siren. I can't believe that, you know, he's back with another game because he had left Japan Studio and Sony Japan years ago and then like a lot of that you know Silent Hill Siren team just started falling off from years of not doing anything with Japan Studio Sony has really mismanaged their Japanese side like you know they they had no JRPGs no oh, yeah. like any of like the games that people used to like from from Japan Studio uh so they went off and, and did their own thing Bokeh Game Studio is the name of their studio now 
and okay. uh, it's their first game. Uh, he also is the creator of Gravity Rush. Like he is just a very smart man, and I am very excited to see what he crafts with Slitterhead because it looks like Silent Hill. It looks like Silent Hill. Yeah, this is obviously inspired. Yeah, just a bit more grounded in Japanese right. like architecture and look as opposed to the American look that Silent Hill always went for. This obviously is, is inspiring from, from across the pond and other than that, it looks like Silent Hill. The enemies look like Silent Hill, creepy fucking demonic looking characters um i'm so excited for this game dude i think this game and we have no no information on it other than that it's you know a silent hill-esque type game action adventure horror whatever uh it's probably years away but when it releases i can't fucking wait now that i know i'm not dying i can't fucking wait for this game yeah i think it's gonna be really really rad um I mean, it's a game I'll pick up, especially, like you said, being kind of the spiritual successor to Silent Hill means I'll, I'm in. Any special shout outs? Anything you uh, didn't quite put on your list, but you almost did? Uh, Slitterhead came close for me. Uh, uh, the Suicide Squad gameplay Oh, reveal. what a trailer. Yeah. What a trailer. Yeah, that game looks cr- uh, insane, man. I can't wait to uh, to play. And is that going to be co-op? We might be able to do that together. That'd be fun. Maybe. I don't know. That'd be fun. Um, the other things that I had started real quick before we get out of here, we don't have a Kickstart My Heart this week because Kickstarter is generally always light during the holiday weeks, so there's not anything of note on there. Uh, so we're about to get out of here, but the things that I had starred that I didn't mention there as we just were going over it, Tunic, getting its release date yes. of March 16th, I think is on a big On Game deal. Pass. On Game Pass, yes. Uh, Sting's performance to open up the Game Awards. Insane. I thought was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um... Forspoken's trailer I thought was pretty good, but not good enough to be one of my top five. Um, but I am excited for that game. I think that game looks really cool. Yeah, it looks awesome. Metal Helsing. I just, I'm, I'm fucking ready for that game to release next year. That's that Doom rhythm-based game. Yep, yep. Looks, uh, Elden Ring's new trailer and A Plague Tale Requiem. Ah, uh, yes. So if you saw, like, the ones that I picked out, I focused on the the new one, like the new the, stuff. The, Hell, the new Hellblade trailer, I thought, was totally bananas also. Oh, my God. Yeah, I should mention that. The new, the fucking, uh, that was the six minute. I went yes. back and checked because I was, I was questioning at the end of my reaction what one was the six minute demo. And it was that when it was over six minutes. Um, the way that there's no HUD, the way that it basically just presents itself as a movie that you're playing through, it's wild, dude. Totally cool. That game is going to be insane when it comes out in seven years. No, it'll be out in like two years. Hopefully. I don't think it makes it next year. I don't, I don't think, think it's a 2022. It, 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 they, could, maybe, they could shock us. Maybe for November, if we're lucky, maybe it could be like a big holiday release. But I'm thinking spring 2023 for Hellblade. It's I'm bought, thinking yeah. spring. I'd buy that. I'm thinking spring. Yeah, I would. Uh, but that is our 10 favorite moments plus some extras from the Game Awards this year. You can go back to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash RPG era. Check out my reaction video. See the entire show in its entirety. Uh, we did get blocked for a bit there, unfortunately. Yeah, I saw that. Um, the Matrix trailer at the end. Of course it was at the end. But the Matrix trailer fucked us and uh, decided that we wouldn't be able to have our video live. So I had to trim that part out. And it is back live now and uh, is over 100 views. So it is going strong once again. Four hours, 10 minutes, and 11 seconds. You can go check that out. Nice. Like I said, no kickstart my heart this week. So Kyle, that's unfortunately bringing us to the close of the show. And unfortunately, your PP for 2021 only has two more times left. Well, you know what? It's mostly gone because there's no good music coming out at the end of the year. All the I know nothing comes out, and so here's here's That's what like I'm going to say: nothing's even releasing for games either, except Scarf. Yeah, here's what I'm going to say: we did do our our favorite things episode for Christmas, where me and a few guests. Uh, talked about our favorite songs which was our favorite Christmas songs excuse me which was so much fun what a great what a good time um then we did and it should it'll it's out now uh the dramatic reading of the gift of the magi for Christmas as well which was a blast also I really hope you guys enjoy that and pretty soon the best of 2021 media files episodes there will be three of those coming out towards the end of the year Go check those out. Yeah, We've much like different... we did last year. Yes, they, they, exactly. They released on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was a weekend. Yep, and it's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. Go check those out. Lots of fun episodes of Media Files dropping right now wherever you get podcasts. 
This episode of the Max Level Podcast has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and Twitch and make sure you're subscribed or following at both places with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for this episode. We'll be right back.